You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 203. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I want to be a better prayer. I want to be a a prayer warrior, but I'm not. Do I pray? Yes. Uh, can I get better? Yes. Can I, I learn more? Yes. And that is why I'm so excited about this week's song by Finding Favor, Get Down, because it leads us straight to the topic of prayer. Let's listen. What do you do when there's nothing left for you to do? So today I'm going to lead us to two of my favorite prayers in the Old Testament. But let me tell you, listen, a a topic like this could lead you in in many different directions. You could study Jesus's prayer life. Uh, You could take a look at what Paul and the other apostles and authors of the New Testament taught on prayer in the epistles. It could lead to other stories and other great prayers of the Old and New Testaments. So don't limit yourself to what we talk about here on the podcast, Get Inspired. And I love studying prayers and songs of the Bible because I like to ask questions. Like, what's the story behind the prayer? Or what's the story behind the song? And isn't that what we do here? You know, one of my favorite songs was featured in episode 115, Thy Will by Hilary Scott. And when she released the song, she said she was going to wait before she revealed the story behind the song And uh, because it was obvious that she was coming from a painful place, but she wanted the song to resonate with all of her listeners in a real personal way before she told everyone what it meant to her. I think that's kind of profound as I looked into it because we do that with the Bible, don't we? We often approach the Bible wanting it to mean something for us before we discover what it meant at the time before We understand the context of when it was originally written. And that's not always a good thing in the way you approach your Bible. But here's the comforting truth. Both are important, right? So God's word is meant for us. It is living and active and can be so much richer when we study it thoroughly. So a good question to ask when studying songs or prayers is what's the story? What's the story behind this song or what's the story behind this prayer? More questions could include What details were important to them to include in this song or prayer? What revelation about God have they included? Have they mentioned God's conduct or his character or his concerns? What did they ask for? What was the historical and physical context of their prayer song? That's part of the story behind the song, I suppose. Why were they seeking God or celebrating him in that moment? What was the result of their prayer? Or, or their song? How, how did the result change the course of God's kingdom or bring God glory? 
what can I learn about the person lifting the prayer or singing the song? And is there anything that we want to emulate or avoid? Come up with your own questions. It it might be useful to take some time and write out a few of your own questions that you want to know or should want to know when you're studying a song or a prayer. Think critically about it. Think a little bit and then dive in. This, by the way, is one of my bites. These Bible interaction tool exercises, or bites that I call them, help us interact with God's Word in fresh ways. So learning to be inquisitive and work a little harder at thinking about what you're reading will take you from reading God's Word to actually interacting with it. Okay, so with our basket full of questions, let's look at Nehemiah and Daniel. Both very interesting characters in God's Word, and both books with great prayers to discover. So first, let's take Daniel. That's a little crazy, because if you read the Bible straight through, Nehemiah comes first, right? But chronologically, Daniel's story comes first. You see, Daniel was taken captive as a young man by King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, who besieged and destroyed Jerusalem. And Daniel's story happens during the captivity of the people of Israel. Nehemiah, he's a key player in rebuilding Jerusalem as the people are allowed to return to their homeland. So how do I know all of that? Well, I have read the Bible chronologically. The last few times I try to read the Bible through every year. And the last few years I've done it chronologically. Also, I'm familiar with the story, so if I'm going to think critically about it, it wouldn't make sense that Nehemiah would rebuild walls that had not yet been torn down. But if you don't have either of those two tools in your tool belt, I love timelines to kind of help me keep it all together, and I have found the coolest resource this week. I actually think I've used it before, but kind of forgot about it, and I'm definitely bookmarking it from now on. It's free and it's beautiful and I love beautiful. I guess that's the marketer in me. Uh, It's super informative and it's called biblehistory.com and it gives you a complete interactive timeline. I find it so fascinating to put it all together in my mind and so as best as I can see this is the timeline with the main points of the two characters that we are exploring today. By the way the use of this timeline is another bite. Use outside resources to help you pull it all together. It could be a timeline like we're using here. It could be, um, this, this particular timeline does have some commentary articles built in. Or it could be a commentary, uh, introductions to Bible books that are found in study Bibles. You can use those. Always, 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 however, make God's Word your focal point. But be, don't be afraid to use outside resources to kind of help you pull it all together. So, by the way, the dates are B.C., And so they count down. The largest number is the oldest date. And so in 605 BC is about when Daniel is captured and taken into Babylon. 19 years later, in 586, Jerusalem is completely destroyed and the rest of God's people are taken captive. In 537, the reigning Persian king Cyrus decrees resettlement of Jerusalem and begins to allow God's people to return home and begin rebuilding. It's too much for today, but then they get off track somehow. And then in 520, they resume the rebuilding of the temple. It's not until 444 BC that Nehemiah comes and rebuilds the walls. Okay, so do you understand the big puzzle pieces? 
All right. I'm going to refer to it a couple of times. That's why I went over that with you. Uh, but let's jump in and meet Daniel. The next bite that I recommend for you this week is to read and keep on reading. We're going to stop and look at two specific prayers this week. But these guys, they, they lead fascinating lives. And reading the whole story all the way through like a novel, it'll be fun for one thing, but it'll give you this great big picture that's going to inform your study as you look closer at one particular thing, in our case this week, the prayers. Now, Daniel is a Hebrew who, as I've already mentioned, is captured and taken to Babylon. He and his friends are chosen to be assimilated into the culture of Babylon and to be considered, um, uh, to be to be in the king's court and to give him information and all of that. So scripture says this, then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service, that's the word I was looking for, of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assured them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. All right, so here we learn a little bit more about who Daniel was based on the fact that he obviously met these initial qualifications. If you keep reading, you see that their very first act in the kingdom was to defy an order because they had determined in their heart not to defile themselves in this new place. They wanted to stay set apart and holy for God's use. It all worked out for them. And at the end of chapter one, we read this. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. All right. Now, if you remember what we just read earlier, you will see that it must have been at least three years later because that was the time set for training. And another thing we see is that Daniel remained in Babylon. And when you keep reading, he remained an influencer in Babylon until the first year of King Cyrus, where we heard his name before. Well, remember, he's the one who decrees the resettlement of Jerusalem. I just went over that in the timeline above. All right, so that gives us an introduction and background. But what about this prayer that I've been talking about? Well, it comes up in chapter two, and King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. It troubles him, and so he calls in his people, right? He calls in his posse, his magicians and his enchanters and sorcerers and astrologers and all of those people that he relies on for wisdom to help him interpret the dream. They do their normal thing, and they say, okay, well, tell us the dream, and we'll tell you what it means. He was having nothing of it. He wanted them to tell him the dream and tell him what it meant. And when they said nobody could do that, he got mad and ordered all the wise men to be executed. So when Daniel hears about what's getting ready to happen, here's what he does about it. It's in uh, verse 14 of chapter 2. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? 
Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, well, what he said is the prayer. uh, Well, what he said, I'm going to tell you in a minute, the prayer of praise. I want to review with you before we get there. I want to point out that the night of prayer with Daniel and his friends pleading for mercy from God. I want to point this out. That prayer wasn't the one that God chose to record. This one is. I don't want to rush that point. I don't want to rest the significance of that. Of the two prayers that God chose to record for us, it was the prayer of praise, not the prayer of petition. All right, so here we go. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. All right. So there's our prayer. That's what we really wanted to focus on. So we're going to grab our little basket of questions and uh, unpack this a little bit. We've just discussed the story behind the prayer. But it might be a good excuse to study Daniel chapter 2 this week and really think about it. What details were important for Daniel to include in this prayer? Well, the main details that Daniel included were details about God. What revelation about God have they included? This is why I love this prayer. I learn so much about God in this. And then I've, I've used this prayer to... Uh, praise God in my own prayers back to him. I've learned how to praise him, what names that I can bring up. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He's the one that's in charge of the seasons of your life. Some of them shock you and dismay you. Some of the season changes hurt you and or 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 dismay you some of them are exciting and and celebratory god is the one who changes those times and seasons he deposes kings and raises up others he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning he reveals deep and hidden things uh, he's the revealer of mysteries one version says he knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Look at all that you've learned about God in just a couple of verses in a prayer of Daniel. Have they? Has the prayer mentioned his conduct, God's conduct, or his character, or his concerns? Yes, we just went over them. What was the prayer for? What did they ask for? Well, in this particular prayer, nothing, right? It was a prayer of praise. He thanks God in this prayer for the answer to his previous prayer. Which the answer to that was God made known to him the dream of the king. And what was the historical and physical context of their prayer or song? Why were they seeking God or celebrating him in that moment? Well, we've already unpacked this, but it's significant that what the king's magician said is true. Men cannot know what other men dream. This is not something that, that, um, that is, is given to men. 
it reminds me of Joseph's response to Pharaoh in Genesis 41. Pharaoh asks the young Hebrew to, to interpret his dream. And Joseph says, well, it's beyond my power to do this. But God can tell you what it means, right? So what was the result of Daniel's prayer? Well, God received the glory. The king received the interpretation of the dream and the wise men in the kingdoms, uh, including Daniel and his friends, their lives were saved. And how did the result change the course of God's kingdom or bring glory? Well, I think it weaves its way into history. You'll see that just the fact that Daniel and his friends survived, that their stories have made up a huge part of uh, the revelation of, of in Scripture, found in Scripture. Daniel, the last half of Daniel is very, um, is, is revelation. Some of what Daniel has, God revealed to Daniel has still yet to uh, occur. All right, so uh, what can I learn about the person lifting the prayer or singing the song? Well, there's so much to learn about Daniel. That's why I said read and keep on reading. He's a fascinating character in God's word. And is there anything that we want to emulate or avoid? Well, just in this story, he used wisdom and tact. He stood up for others when he could have just sat, sat down or sat aside. Sat aside. Of course, his life was in danger as well. So the fact that um, his season was getting was uh, endangered caused him to to uh, just very much fall to his face and seek God and ask for his grace and mercy and favor and wisdom. Um, you know, he involved others in calling on God to give him the wisdom that he needed. He gave God the glory when he received it. So, so much to learn here. Now, my hope was to get to Nehemiah and his prayer, but we're running out of time today. And so I just want you to know that in Nehemiah chapter one, there is this amazing prayer. And um, you can take those questions that we've gone over and apply it to Nehemiah's prayer as well. The one interesting thing about Nehemiah is that he is, uh, the one thing I want to point out is that he was very struck and moved by a situation in Jerusalem. He, he went and his brothers came and reported back that, that the people there were in disgrace and that the walls were broken down and had been burned and all this other stuff. Well, I want to point out that the walls had been burned like 150 years ago. So it wasn't a new situation for Nehemiah. I think what was important there is that it was a new, a renewed, or, or it was new as a burden to him. And, and so I, th- I want to encourage us that as we look at these stories and we examine these songs and these prayers in history, that um, we let God reveal new things to us. That it's okay that if something has been true for hundreds of years, but God is placing a burden on your heart, um, we can, like Nehemiah, fall to our face. He did something very similar. He he prayed. He fasted. He mourned um, the the sins of the people. His prayer was very interesting, and it actually had a request in it. Daniel's was a prayer of praise, and 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 Nehemiah's was a prayer with a request. So. Take those questions, and I'm going to challenge you that with some homework. So what's next? Well, you could choose Daniel or Nehemiah, or both, to explore this week, to read and keep on reading, and then make a list of questions that you want to explore the answers to as you zero in on Daniel's or Nehemiah's prayer or another prayer 
of your choice. And while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter, at michellekneezat, or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat, and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. Now, when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes, so I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. Now, I want to take this time to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Marianne from Colorado, Stacy from Texas, Jackie from Mississippi, Renee from Tennessee, Belinda from Zimbabwe, Roxanne from Virginia, Julie from Missouri, Gladys from Mississippi, and Karen from North Carolina. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from an email that I send once a week. In that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes from time to time. It's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now on Spotify. And so while you are in, at least in iTunes, you can leave me a written review and a star rating. So if you're subscribing in iTunes, while you're there, if you wouldn't mind, uh, leave me a review and a star rating. It, It encourages me, of course, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Control, Somehow You Want Me, by 10th Avenue North to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 203. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.